today's episode of the SI Gambling Podcast is presented by the good folks over at DraftKings Sportsbook. We love DraftKings Sportsbook, and this week there is another full slate of games to look forward to. And luckily for us, DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, has us covered with so many different ways to get in on the action. DraftKings Sportsbook is based right here in the United States, not offshore, so you know your funds are safe and secure. Plus, they have new odds boosts and promotions on your favorite sports each and every day. With DraftKings Sportsbook, you can bet from wherever, whenever, so you don't even have to leave your house if you don't want to. And for those where sports betting is not yet available, head to the DraftKings app and check out all of their daily fantasy contests. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SI, the letters SI, when you sign up. And for a limited time, all new users can get a sign-up bonus up to 1000 bucks. That's code SI to get your sign-up bonus up to $1,000 only at DraftKings Sportsbook. You must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25x playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. This is the SI Fantasy Podcast. He's going to see his production decrease at least 15 to 20%, so I think he might actually be a fantasy bust in 2020. Head to SI.com slash fantasy for all the latest news, advice, and more to help you win your league. I look at his athletic ability, his explosiveness. He's very good in the red zone. He's able to get you those touchdowns. I mean, this guy had five touchdowns and 30 receptions. That's pretty much unheard of. Don't forget to subscribe to SI Fantasy Plus for even more content you won't find anywhere else. Every single running back in his first year as the featured back under Andy Reid, dating back to 1999, has been the RB10 or better. How can we go wrong here with the Glide, guys? Here are your hosts, Corey Parson, Dr. Roto, and Michael Fabiano. What's up and welcome to the latest SI Fantasy Podcast brought to you by DraftKings. Coming to you as we get ready to shut down and conclude week number three. We will preview Monday Night Football, of course. We got to go through Sunday, get some waiver wire stuff going on, too. I feel pretty good about how my teams, my fantasy teams, are producing right now. My real team, the Dallas Cowboys, not so much. Michael Fabiano, what's up with you, my man? Bro, we suck, man. Like, it's so disappointing. That offense is good enough to win 10, 11 games. That defense is bad enough to lose 10, 11 games. It's just so depressing. Call Earl Thomas, will you, Jerry? God darn it. I mean, call Snacks Harrison. Do something. Send in the reserves. Our defense is garbage. I feel bad for Mike Nolan, who's a friend of mine, but that defense is all banged up, and it has been just absolutely shredded three straight games. Do something about it, JJ. Come on. One thing I will say, and not only can we do, like, you know, call Earl Thomas, call Snacks Harrison, you can also get Demarcus Lawrence to start rushing the passer like we paid mm-hmm. him to. Yeah. Um. So, let's not. I like the way the young kid Trayvon Diggs is playing. I think he's going to end up being a player at he some is, point. He looks good so far. Yeah, yeah. Although, is although, this the Dallas Cowboys podcast? I wasn't uh, sure. Here we right go. Right oh, oh, I know when it's, when it's the football podcast. D- DK. I mean, DK. What was that, dude? DK. Oh, I mean, oh, come on. Terrible. Come on, dude. Hold the damn ball, man. Don't be cocky about it. I hope nobody lost their league because of that. Dr. Voto, what's up with you, my man? Happy week number three coming yeah. to an end. You know, it was well, it was a mostly injury-ish free week, except that Godwin with a hammy and Deontay with a concussion, a tree Cohen, you know, an ACL. But I mean, so it's there were still injuries to be had, but uh, good games. I mean, the Cincinnati and, and the Philadelphia game. I, I, Joe Burrow, can we just get this guy a, a, a W yet? 
Yeah, it's looking like that. But let's get ready to hop in here. I want to start with that Tariq Cohen thing, Doc, because, you know, we saw the situation yesterday where uh, Nick Foles comes in and the Atlanta Falcons do it again. But Nick Foles comes in. He rescues the Chicago Bears in the fourth quarter. And I think, Mike, that this is a good thing for David Montgomery rosterers. Yeah, I mean, Doc, I think that's a pretty agreeable statement there because Montgomery is, I mean, listen, he's not, say, for example, Christian McCaffrey is a pass catcher, but he's adequate. Uh, A couple of weeks ago, he had uh, a touchdown on a reception. So it's all good because the touches should be there. Although Montgomery, Doc, for me, was a big disappointment uh, in that game yesterday. Yeah, that didn't surprise me because I told you guys I thought Grady Jarrett was going to have a good game, and he did. I mean, Atlanta actually stops the run reasonably well, but look. Foles is a very good quarterback, and if you have Jimmy Graham, you have Anthony Miller, forget Allen Robinson because he got looks either way. Trubisky couldn't find his second and third receivers unless he was playing the Lions. So now Foles is going to increase the fantasy production of all these guys. It was the move that had to be made, and right now I think I would go pick up Nick Foles if I needed him because the Bears have good skill players. We just couldn't see him with Trubisky under center. Yeah, and and he's certainly worth an add off the waiver wire, but I don't know if I'm playing him against Indianapolis next week. Well, yeah, that's going to be interesting. But thankfully, we're not deep into the bye weeks yet where we have to make that move. But I can see Nick Foles being the guy that's going to be rostered on fantasy teams moving forward because, like you said, he can play. He likes to throw the football to the running backs. He can make those reads. He fires the football deep downfield. So if you got Chicago Bears on your fantasy team, you got to feel pretty good about it. On the other side of the ball, Dr. Voto, how did Todd Gurley look to you, Doc? I mean, he looked better than he's looked. I thought the Atlanta running game looked pretty good. Brian Hill and Gurley. But look, here was the problem. Julio doesn't play. Gage gets injured. And -hmm. now you've got Calvin Ridley and nobody else. I mean, guys whose names I can't even pronounce, Zacharias or whatever it is going on there. (laughs) I mean, Hayden Hurst, they give him one catch. I mean, Matt Ryan literally looked lost out there without his guys. And that's a problem. They had no depth there. And this was a team that needs to keep throwing the football. They changed their identity, right? They're not a running team. They're a throwing team. But in the second half, he may have completed like five passes. And that's why they lost the game. I don't understand how this happens to the Atlanta Falcons time and time again. It's got to be very embarrassing, but I am happy with my Calvin Ridley uh, stuff moving forward. Um, Daryl Henderson with the big day yesterday. Mike, 20 carries, 114 yards and a touchdown. That's obviously one of the stories, but of course, the main story, the Josh Allen MVP meter is really starting to head in the right direction. He looks good, man. I mean, right now he's right there with Aaron Rodgers and Rodgers. By the way, we'll get to that. We'll get to that whole thing. But uh, Aaron Rodgers is probably not listening to this podcast. I apologize. I had him ranked outside of my top 10 quarterbacks for this season. And holy moly, has he looked unbelievable. But Josh Allen's been tremendous. I've always said that he's the next Cam Newton. I think he's gotten there at this point. And adding Stephon Diggs has been huge for him. That Buffalo offense is certainly clicking on all cylinders. They may have gotten a little bit lucky in that game with that uh, with that pass interference call. It is what it is. I guess if you're the Rams, you can't really complain about that because week one. Uh, but Allen's become a must start. I'm right and start him and sit him. I can't put him in there anymore because he's obvious at this point, right? Uh, back to Henderson, though. This, this could be the guy, right? Now, there's a lot of backfields around the National Football League that we can't predict. It's un- unpredictable, okay? Hello, Detroit by the way. Uh, th- that one has been an absolute freaking nightmare. Hello, Tampa Bay. Bruce Arians, uh, thank you for hating our fantasy football teams. We love you right back. But Henderson has taken this job and literally and figuratively run with it, right? 
yesterday in that game, uh, the snaps were basically equal between Henderson and Malcolm Brown, but Henderson is showing the explosiveness and the playmaking ability that we all loved when he came out of college and we all thought he was going to end up putting a dent in the girlies touches last year. Didn't happen. Seems like maybe we were all one year too soon on Henderson, but right now, until Cam Akers comes back, at least Henderson's the guy in that LA backfield. So and, I, let, I, me and, and, let, let me yeah, add a couple. Firstly, Josh Allen is absolutely legit. So my, my friend texted me before. There's high winds in Buffalo. I, I'm not worried. Josh Allen played at Wyoming. He gets it. The, <laughs> the team looks good. The defense doesn't look good, right? The Bills defense, who you probably took as one of your earlier picks as defense, they don't look good yet. They're not really stopping the run very well. But look, let's talk about Henderson and Akers and Brown. So I was a big Cam Akers fan. I thought he was going to have a breakout season. I actually had in the FSGA league, I had Henderson as a backup and I cut him, right? Because Brown was doing well. Akers was playing well. But here's the thing about fantasy football, right? Akers hurts a rib. Brown hurts a pinky. Henderson gets a shot. Now he's running with, with it. Did you do anything wrong by, by drafting Cam Akers? No, you did nothing wrong. The problem is, is that football, there are injuries. And, you know, Henderson is the right guy at the right time. And he is absolutely, they're playing the Giants next week. So, I mean, giddy up if you have Daryl Henderson. Yeah. But, I mean, can we guarantee that this is going to happen for the next, you know, uh, 16, the next 13 weeks? No, but you ride the Henderson wave because the wave looks really good right now. Yeah, Mike, I got to agree with that. I think while he's going good right now, you see the talent, and, he, and the talent meets the opportunity, and he's getting the chances. And the Rams are playing good ball, so I think the Daryl Henderson thing is a, is, a, is, a, is a thing. And um, the Cam Akers thing, you throw a little bit of water on that right now, but I would not be cutting him and sending him to the waiver wire at this point. Yeah, so. no. Oh, no, no, no. Malcolm Brown I could see cutting uh, for, for a hot free agent. I could see cutting him. Uh, Akers is not a guy that I'm going to cut. One quick thing, too, before we move on. Can we talk about how there are no dominant defenses in the National Football League anymore? And can we also talk about, guys, how trying to prognosticate poor quarterback performances has become very, very difficult, okay? When you look at the numbers this season, I mean, it's unreal. Eight NFL teams, eight, have a lot fewer than 17 fantasy points per game to quarterbacks. That's it, eight, okay? Colts, Bears, Ravens, Panthers, Bucks, Raiders, Niners, Bengals, Cardinals. And I would I would argue that at least half of those teams will, at the end of the season, be giving up more than 17 fantasy points per game. On the flip side, look at the numbers, all right? More than half of the league has given up over 19 fantasy points per game to quarterbacks, including 13 giving up 20-plus. This year, I don't know if it's the pandemic. I don't know if it's no preseason. Points are being scored at a ridiculous pace. So at this point... <laughs> Looking but that was at happening the last year, Fabs. That was happening last Looking. year too. The overs were, were were killing it. The overs were killing it last year. I Do mean, you think I, at some point this season we're going to see an over under around sixty? I think. Don't you remember last year they were starting at like forty six, and by the end of the year they mm-hmm. were going like fifty two. So I mean, I think you're going to start seeing fifty two, fifty four, fifty five. I don't know, maybe sixty if you if you get two track meet type teams. I mean, there are some bad quarterbacks. Sam Darnold is bad. Dwayne Haskins right, is bad. Right, right. Yeah. There are some guys who are bad. But outside of that, you're you're right. There's a lot of above average quarterbacks, and the defenses are not keeping up with them. Right, and, and and you're right. We did see it starting last season, but I think it's taken that next step. It's moving even further uh, in 2020 so far after three weeks. Uh, well, let me ask you this: We've always been taught that you know, the offense, the defense should be ahead of the offense. But like, especially in a situation like this, you would figure it's, you know, 
the offense will be a little bit slower to warm up. Is that I, I guess that theory is out the window. I guess is defense is getting slower to warm up, or is just offensive football just the way that these coaches are scheming these game it's, plans? It's the, it's the rules, right? It's the rules. You can't touch a receiver after five yards downfield. You touch the guy, they throw a penalty, and that, and they're pretty strict with that. So I think that you know years ago you could maul a guy at the line. I mean, guys couldn't get off the line. You had to have that that's that speed and quickness to get off the line. Now anybody can get off the line, and they're running more intricate plays. I think it's the rule changes that have that have created this. Interesting stuff. I right, Mike, can you start both Cleveland Brown running backs on the same fantasy team? Yes, you can. They are they have gone all in with Stefanski running the football. That's why Baker Mayfield has become a game manager. That's why Odell Beckham Jr. is uh, not guaranteed to give you a good stat line every single week. In fact, if we look back to 2019 in the first three weeks of 2020, there's a good chance you're going to get a mediocre stat line from Odell Beckham Jr. This backfield has got a shot to be one of the best fantasy backfields of all time, all right? Both of these guys on pace for well over, well over 200 fantasy points each. So a lot of people out there drafted Chubb and then took Kareem Hunt as maybe not a handcuff, but just sort of insurance. You can play both. You can play both every single week. One of these two guys has an opportunity, if not both, to put up a very strong stat line. Last week, they both put up 50 combined fantasy points. This past week, Chubb was better, but Kareem Hunt was still very respectable. Uh, the Browns are running it a ton. That's killing the value of Baker and any of the wide receivers or pass catchers in Cleveland. But at this point, it is what it is. Nick Chubb looking very good. Kareem Hunt looking very good. Doc, two backfields come to mind. You have Arian Foster and Ben Tate, and you have Chris Thompson and Lindell White. Yeah, don't, let's, not, let's, let's not compare those guys to, to this. This is this is much better. Now here's the thing: Hunt is playable every week. Okay, Hunt is playable every week. No doubt, Chubb yeah. is playable every week. However, when they're winning, Chubb is getting 19 carries and Hunt is getting 16. When they're losing, Chubb may get 12 to 14 carries and Hunt is getting more receptions. Right, so that's why Hunt is playable every week because even when they're winning, he's still getting 10 to 12 rushes and he's going to get three to four receptions. Not that I don't like Chubb, and I, I've been actually wrong about Chubb. He's looked great. When he's in the right matchup, he's a beast. The question is, as the weeks go on, will he be able to sustain that? But when you look at the division of carries, 19 for Chubb and 16 for Hunt, that is Stefanski football. Yep, no doubt about it. That's what they want to do. They're selling you right there. And, Doc, that's a good point. If they're running, if they're winning the football and they're killing that clock, you're going to get that good work from Nick Chubb. Hunt is valuable, like you said, because he's always going to be involved in the passing game. Doc, I'm going to stay right here with you on this one because you said free Justin Jefferson. Let just cook. And yesterday, boy, oh, boy, did he cook. Um, Kirk Cousins found him early. He found him often. Put up monster numbers, 175 yards receiving. We got to be feeling good about the rookie going forward. Yeah, we feel great about the rookie going forward. And, and, and look, it just changes the Vikings offense because before you had Cook, you had Thielen and nothing, literally nothing. But Jefferson showed you. Now, look, his game was was special, but you're, he was playing the Titans secondary. So let's we, we understand the Titans secondary is one of the worst in football. That said, this guy is still a weapon and you need to be considering him in your lineups every week. I think right now, He's a wide receiver four, and he could evolve into a wide receiver three. Now, the big problem is this. It was a 31-30 game. When you look at the box score, you're saying, wow, Kirk Cousins must have had a day. 
he only threw the ball 27 times. Now, I know Dalvin Cook ran the ball extremely well, but you've got to throw the ball more. When you complete 16 passes, you are not going to win in the NFL. It's just not enough. Jefferson is great. Thielen is great. Cook is great, but that offensive coordinator and Mike Zimmer, they're not helping the Vikings at all. Mike, hop in here. Let me get your thoughts on on, on, on young Mr. Jefferson in that Minnesota Vikings situation. Looked like he was playing at LSU, didn't he? I mean, yeah, the same color. 175 over 30 fantasy points. Now, obviously, that's not going to be what you're going to get on a week-to-week basis. In fact, uh, I, I would su- suggest that he is not a must-start uh, on a regular basis. Uh, coming up next week, they've got the Texans, I believe. And, and Doc said it. He's a wide receiver four right now. You're going to be coming off a week where he just tr- he was tremendous. That might be his best stat line all season long. It probably will be. But until Minnesota, I guess, can, can we say unleashes Kirk Cousins? Because I don't know if Kirk Cousins can really be unleashed. But that offense is not going to be conducive to wide receivers putting up consistently good numbers for fantasy fans on a regular basis. So uh, Dalvin Cook was tremendous yesterday, and uh, they're going to continue to feed him. But Jefferson was great. Thielen had the one touchdown, but he only had three catches in that game. So his numbers not as spectacular. Jefferson certainly worth an ad, but I would also suggest that people need to temper their expectations moving forward. I just hope that the Vikings learn their lesson. They throw BC Johnson way down the depth chart and give (laughs) Jefferson more snaps and more targets on a week-to-week basis, but time will tell. Hey, Doc, that's your guy, B.C. Johnson. <laughs> you know who they have to free now? They got to free a guy named Irv Smith. Let's free Irv because <laughs> yeah, Irv right. is legit too. Stop with the Rudolph. Get Irv in there. We Everybody's in on John o. Smith, right, as a top tight end in fantasy this year, correct? Yeah. Right now, yes. When A.J. Brown comes back, I don't know if the target, but although the targets haven't really been all that plentiful, let's put it that way for John o. Smith, but at this point right now, he's absolutely a top 10 tight end. Yeah, I'm feeling him. I'm feeling him. I wish I had some more John New Smith shares uh, coming into the year. My tight end situation on a couple of my teams has been okay, but John New Smith is a guy I think I kind of dropped the ball on with the, on that one right there. Another guy, uh, well, listen, let me not say I dropped the ball. I Maybe I dropped, but listen, I'm just going to talk about Sony Michelle. All right. I don't, I don't, is, is that okay? Is that okay yeah. with y'all? If I talk about Sony Michelle Doc, huh? Is that okay? Talk him for 60 seconds, Fab. That's all he's got. <laughs> Nobody. Nothing. No takers. He had a good game. I mean, but like, hell, sell high on him, I guess, right? If he's on your roster, actually sell it. Rex Burkhead was the stud. He was one of my sleepers yeah. mm-hmm. uh, on my Fab's Five segment on Sirius XM last week. And I mean, I didn't expect him to go bananas and have three touchdowns, but he has certainly replaced James White. And until James White comes back uh, from those personal issues uh, with his family, and and again, you know, all the best to him and his family, uh, Rex Burkhead's got to be owned in fantasy leagues. I will tell you this, though. Burkhead really ticked off a lot of people who started Cam Newton because they were hoping Cam was going to get those goal line opportunities, and instead they went to Burkhead. See, I, th- I think Justin Jefferson, when you look at him, he had a great game, and it's never going to be as good as that game most likely, but it's going to be good. Burkhead, to me, is a, a one-offer. And Sony Michelle had a good game, but the Raiders played a very intense game the other day, and now they have to fly to the East Coast. I think this was expected. Damian Harris is going to be coming off the IR soon, and I want to see how this backfield works out, right? Because I think you're going to have another body, a very capable one in there. And look, 
you know, Rex is a solid player, but you have White, you've got Burkhead, you've got Michelle, you've got Damian Harris, you've got Cam who wants to run. I think this is a mess, and I don't want any part of it, to be honest with you. Well, you look at the numbers, though. Burkhead's led this backfield in snaps and touches two straight weeks. And when James White comes back, then everything changes. But at this point, if I'm starting a Patriots running back, it's Rex Burkhead until White is back. Yeah, I think I have to agree with that. Even as the biggest Sony Michelle supporter, the waiver wire pick on him because if White comes back next week, Burkhead is you know I don't want to say useless, but his his value goes way down, doesn't it? Yes, yes, it does, it does. But until then, unless you're in a league where you're where it's it's fab budget, you're not going to spend a whole lot on Rex Burkhead. But uh, I would argue, I mean, he should be rostered right now for sure. Yeah, I think so too. I think Rex Burkhead. Listen, you, but you got to be careful with all of these. It's not. It's nothing that changes uh, from week to week. But I do think that Cam and throwing to the running back brings a little bit more. But once you get old boy back, that is what his job is. How do we feel about the 49ers offense right now, uh, Doc? We look. It's. I don't think we we look at the 49ers offense as much as we say the Giants are just terrible. And ask yourself this question. If the Giants and Jets merged into the New York football I was team, thinking the same thing yesterday. Would they win still more suck. than two games? It they'd still, still suck. suck. They're terrible. I mean, so Nick Mullins throws for 343 yards. Brandon Ayuk looks like, uh, you know, Lynn Swan out there. I mean, our guy J- Jeff Wilson is scoring two touchdowns. I mean, come on. So, look, this is coaching. Coaching 101. Kyle Shanahan is a master play caller and he puts his guys in position to win. So even with all these injuries, they, they figure it out. And that is why you, you hire the Kyle Shanahan's and you fire the Adam Gases of the world. Not sure how he still got a job. Not sure how Quinn still has a job either. Yeah. The Quinn thing is crazy because at some point, you got to feel like, all right, what is going on here? That's just a little bit ridiculous to me to do that in back-to-back weeks. And, of course, obviously, we all remember uh, what happened in the Super Bowl a few years ago. But when I – listen, here's the thing. We we discussed this, and we are we still in agreement? If the Jets or the Giants, either one of those teams get the first pick, they're taking the quarterback. Oh, there's no – well, the Jets definitely. The Giants – but I guess, like, Trevor Lawrence is, is, is considered to be such – an immense talent, a guy who can't miss that if the giants do end up getting that number one overall pick, they've got to actually think about it because Daniel Jones, we've seen it before, right? The Cardinals took Josh Rosen. And then, you know, after a year, they're like, "Uh, yeah, Kyler Murray's there. We're taking him." So uh, that, that obviously doesn't make a team, uh, you know, completely out of, uh, you know, out of the picture in terms of going for a quarterback uh, after a year where they drafted one, or in, or in Jones's case, two years. But I think Darnold's done. He's got to get out of New York. If he's ever going to have a successful career in the National Football League, it needs to be someplace else. Fabs, you know this better than anybody. Dave Gettleman is a very stubborn human being. Very stubborn. <laughs> and I swear, if the Giants have the number one pick, not only do I think he doesn't take Trevor Lawrence. How about this? He doesn't take Trevor Lawrence. I don't think he even trades the pick. How about that? Because what? that would be the actual smart what? thing to do. I'm telling you, <laughs> Gettleman is the worst part of the Giants. I'm going on record by saying this. I have no problem with Joe Judge. Let's give him some time. I don't know if he's good or bad. You lose Saquon. I can't tell you that. I can tell you this roster is terrible. I can tell yes. you trading up a first, giving up a first round pick for DeAndre Baker is terrible. I think there's some <laughs> things that they've done here that, that Gettleman absolutely is living in the, di- in the dinosaur, dinosaur age and needs to go. I think it's hard to uh, disagree with that because um, it's, it's been it's been some tough sledding since he's taken over the organization, and I think it's going to be some changes need to be made. Trevor Lawrence could be the guy, but um, it's not going to be a coaching change. Seeing New York is going to be a coaching change, and I can see Darnold 
very well being a casualty of a, of a, of a coaching change, especially if the Jets land with the number one pick in the NFL draft. Um, Mike, this I, I don't want to sound dramatic. Go but ahead. It's AJ, Sounds it's dramatic. AJ, it's fine. Is, is AJ Green cuttable? I don't know if he's cuttable, but he's certainly not a guy that you could start with any kind of confidence. He was my sit of the week on SI.com slash fantasy at the wide receiver position uh, based on that matchup with Darius. It's everybody but AJ. Tyler Boyd's had two big games in a row. Hell, T. Higgins goes out there and has two touchdowns. So AJ Green, 32 years old, didn't play last year, hadn't played much in the last two seasons. And maybe it's just taken him some time. The targets have been there. The production has not been there. He is a matchup-based starter. And when the matchup's not favorable, you can't play him. And there's no guarantee that the numbers will be there even when the matchup is favorable. And we've already seen that this season. Doc, I can see him retiring. I don't think he wants to play. You're a little off here, dude. You are. Because when you get Darius Slay, Okay, we can't look at AJ Green against Darius Slay and say he's he's cuttable, right? Or but yeah, Doc is AJ Green, super I am, talented. I know that, but look, props to Steve Renner and the ambush article that you could find on SNL, yeah, great SNL job with Colin T Higgins, right? And Boyd was a great matchup this week because the the, the Eagles are a funnel defense. This was a bad week for for Green. So here's what you look at on a bad week: you look at six targets. Right. You don't look at the production. You look at the targets, which means that Joe Burrow is still going to him. Now, when he starts to play other teams and lesser cornerbacks and he's still giving you five for 36, then you press the panic button. So I've got my hand hovering over the button, but I'm not pressing it yet. Yesterday morning, probably around 1245, I'm going over some rosters and I said, you know what? I'm taking A.J. Green out this roster and I put Will Fuller in there and I always very, very scary. (laughs) When <laughs> you put mm-hmm. Will Fuller in your starting lineup, because you can be in the first quarter and that hamstring can get tight, and then you're looking, you're working with a donut. So it ended up working out a little bit. So I'm not really too much worried about it. But the AJ Green thing really, uh, it, I, and I understand what Doc is saying with Slay, but the AJ Green thing really does scare me. Uh, my here's, here's the good Joe, news though. Worry about Joe Mixon too, though. You should uh, worry about Joe, Joe Mixon. Mixon. Goodness gracious! Oh, well, Burrow's throwing the ball a ton. Mixon's not getting enough touches, and when he does get the touches, he's not doing anything with them. Here's the good news, though. Jacksonville's next on the schedule. So maybe, just maybe, playing the Jaguars will be the elixir for both Mixon and A.J. Green to get their acts together in the stat sheets. I feel like Cincinnati-Jacksonville is Thursday night football. I guess it's not. This is Denver Jets. Denver Jets. That that might be the worst (laughs) Thursday night football game in the history of TNF. And there's been some real dogs. Okay, let's put it that way. But Jets, I want to see what the ratings are. I don't know if the Yankees are playing that night, but if they are, I'm watching the Yankees and I'll follow along with the game uh, on my computer because, well, Jets, Broncos. Oh, that's going to be brutal. Uh, a couple quarterbacks. Let's hop into a couple of these quarterbacks that's having some of these big uh, big nights. Russell Wilson, Mike, did it again. Obviously, he looks great right now. On track, looks like he's going to be the MVP this year. Looks like the CL Seahawks are a very good team. The DK Metcalf thing, if you're a DK Metcalf owner, you have to be uh, – you, you missed a touchdown with that one. But um, I'm looking at Russell Wilson. I'm looking at Aaron Rodgers. Tom Brady picked up the pace a little bit yesterday too. I think we're seeing some of these veteran quarterbacks saying, listen – don't give us, don't talk all this Kyler Murray and Dak Prescott and Josh Allen. We're still veterans and we're still here. The quarterback position has been tremendous uh, among the veterans. Aaron Rodgers has been good. Drew Brees was really good without Michael Thomas last night in that game. Tom Brady looked really good, although I still don't trust him 
on a week-to-week basis. I need to see a little bit more. Russell Wilson is playing at an all-time great level, right? Look at the numbers he's put up, right? First three weeks, most touchdown passes ever in the history of the National Football League, and there have been some really good quarterbacks to play in the NFL. You know, it ain't Dan Marino. It's not Brett Favre. Russell Wilson went out and did it, and this guy has become one of the best bargains in fantasy drafts because he wasn't picked in the top 50. He wasn't picked in the top 70 in a lot of leagues. People waited on him. And Seattle has gone from, well, they're going to run the ball a whole bunch, and then Russell's going to get his, to they are throwing the hell out of the ball. And Russell has been ridiculously efficient with his passes. I mean, hell, he should have had six. DK, what are you doing, bro? But he has become... The top quarterback in fantasy football, no disrespect to Mahomes, no disrespect uh, to Lamar Jackson. But right now, as we stand on September 28th, 2020, I don't think anybody can argue that Russell Wilson's the best quarterback in fantasy. Doc, it seems like it's so simple. Why why don't we just start every – why didn't I just take Russell Wilson? No, okay, so let me just say something. I believe that Pete Carroll may be trying to get Russ an MVP, and here's why, okay? One of the best leverage plays on DK this week – was playing Chris Carson, okay? Because you, you know, in case that the, the Seahawks decided to run the ball again, right? You wanted to have him. Well, they get to the one yard line literally three times. They hand the ball off to Carson on first down each time. What do they do on second down? Well, they throw that little that little touchdown pass. Now Russ gets three touchdown passes, right? Cheap ones. Cheap ones, which he never would have in the past. In the past, it would have been Carson first down, Carson second down, maybe throw it on the third down. It just seems to me that they're really pushing Russ, which is great if you if you rostered Russell Wilson. I'm just saying if you had Chris Carson, you're not very happy. But look, I'd rather have the ball in, in Russell Wilson's hands than anybody else's, to be quite honest with you. So it was the move that we were hoping to see years ago that we're finally seeing now. I like it. I like it a lot. I think it's I think it's good. I think it's smart. You know what I mean? So if you're a Russell Wilson guy right out there right now, I think that you've all I don't want to say you've already cared. If you guys if you put a team around Russell Wilson, you could have a deep uh playoff run in fantasy football. Mike Alvin Kamara went crazy last night. He's the guy that's going to get the targets, not Traquan Smith and and and, and uh old boy Emmanuel Sanders. They're throwing the football to Alvin Kamara. This is two weeks in a row with Michael Thomas on the shelf. Alvin Kamara has looked like, well, the Alvin Kamara that we all know and love. And last season, that's going to end up being an outlier in terms of his young career because he was banged up. He had the injury, still played. Now we're seeing what Kamara can do. And Kamara was probably fourth or fifth overall in just about every single draft. I mean, right now, if you drafted uh, Alvin Kamara, you are feeling really good about it. Now, when Michael Thomas comes back, we'll see uh, how that whole touch share sort of uh, works itself out. But Camaro looks like an absolute monster right now. And he is clearly, clearly the centerpiece of that New Orleans offense with Michael Thomas on the sidelines. When they're losing, when they're losing games, right? When they're losing, Drew Brees throws to Kamara almost every down. Right, so mm-hmm. all of a sudden you can see Kamara with with reasonable numbers during a game, and then when it hits the fourth quarter, and if the Saints are down, it becomes a Kamara love fest. So I mean, getting thirteen receptions isn't surprising. Now that I think Fabs is a hundred percent right. When Michael Thomas comes back, now Drew Brees is throwing about half those passes Thomas's direction. So I think the more interesting thought was Kamara was being dropped to like eight in drafts because people were worried about the back issues. That you can't ever do that. Kamara was a fourth best player. You need to take him as such. And when you let somebody in your league get him at, at seven, eight, or nine, you made a critical mistake. Yep, critical mistakes were made. Uh, hey, Doc, let's ask you a question. Let's act like Mike's not here. 
you know, Rob Gronkowski had a pretty decent game yesterday. Oh, it was stealing. <laughs> you know, I thought about that, and here's what I thought. Remember during the week where Gronk says they brought me in to be a blocker? Yeah. Right? There was a quote when he said that. The minute we saw that, we should have said, they're going to Gronk this week. This was a Gronk week. I mean, I know Godwin got hurt, but even before Godwin got hurt, they were really featuring Gronk there. So, look, I don't know whether they're going to feature Gronk every week, but I think Gronk will be slightly more involved. Here's the thing. Bruce Arians really hates O.J. Howard. I mean, he really does. So, I think if they're if they're going to win a Super Bowl... Gronk is going to have to be more involved, and Leonard Fournette too. I mean, it was a, way more Rojo than we than I was expecting yesterday. Mike, <laughs> that's a ceiling. I listen, man. I, I stand He's behind the, the fact ceiling. that <laughs> nah, Rob Gronkowski is washed from a fantasy football perspective. I agree. Are you guys, are you guys going to play him against the Chargers in Week Four? Nope. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I'm I might, going to go. Might, yeah, I might. I will, I'm willing to go pick up O.J. Howard. I think O.J. Howard could have something this year. I think it might be slow, but I think that he can develop something with Tom Brady. I think he's mostly on people's benches right now. But if I can pick him off of somebody's bench, you know, a dollar make you holler, I would do that, especially if you land up on the waiver wire. I think O.J. Howard, listen, it's just, a, it's just something that I, I can see coming because he's too talented. And now you got the talented quarterback back there, too. Who I think can get him the football. All right, Mike, let me get some uh, some of your uh some of your guys you like on the waiver wire this week. Oh man, it is a long list again. So let's get through it at the quarterback position. Hey, listen, Ryan Fitzpatrick is not owned in enough leagues. He's had 24 plus points in two straight games. And looky who is up next on the schedule. The Cincinnati Bengals. So don't tell me that Ryan Fitzpatrick. And that's a revenge game. Every week is a revenge game, it seems like. Ryan Fitzpatrick, Fitzpatrick, right? (laughs) Nick Foles, you can add him. I wouldn't play him this week. Kirk Cousins, you could add him. Not necessarily playing him this week. If Joe Burrow's out there in home leagues, he shouldn't be. Nick Mullins in two QB leagues. Justin Herbert in two QB leagues. And if Jeff Driscoll is still the starter in Denver, in two QB leagues against the Jets, if you want to be really bold... Okay, well, maybe you don't, but uh, the matchup is certainly there. At running back, Carlos Hyde, depending on what goes on with Chris Carson, he's got a knee sprain. Rex Burkhead needs to be rostered until James White comes back. Miles Gaskin had 27 touches last week. Doc and I talked about Jeff Wilson Jr., two touchdowns. And until Raheem Mostert is 100% and back on the gridiron for the Niners, he needs to be owned. Devonta Freeman, like I get it, he's probably washed. But he is a warm body, and it looks like he'll end up being the starter for the Giants at some point here during the season, at least rosterable. Brian Hill needs to be on your roster, especially if you have Todd Gurley as a handcuff. Otherwise, uh, probably just a flyer type of pick off the wire. A wide receiver, Justin Jefferson, obviously. Alan Lazard, obviously. Brandon Ayuk is worth a look, although Debo Samuel could be back this week. T. Higgins, deeper leagues, go out and get him. Cole Beasley had a 100-yard game. He's been pretty good so far this season, and his quarterback is on fire. Hunter Renfro, Annie Isabella, Braxton Berrios, Greg Ward, because the Eagles are all banged up. Looks like Dallas Goddard's going to miss some time. And James Washington, if Deontay Johnson is forced to miss time due to the concussions. Jimmy Graham, you guys can laugh now. Uh, 10 targets, two touchdowns. He's got three touchdowns in three games so far this year, so he's worth a look. Maybe not a top 10 tight end, but at least a guy who you can utilize during the bye weeks. He's a backup. And then Mo Cox. He only had three targets, caught them all, had a touchdown, 14-plus points in two straight games. And Jack Doyle, you want to talk about a guy who might be washed. Jack Doyle was active, but you wouldn't know it yesterday because he didn't have a single target. And I'm still into Drew Sample, even though the numbers weren't there this past week. Let's all agree on something here, guys. The NFL is a week-to-week league. 
Just because a guy sucked one week doesn't mean he's going to suck the next week. Kirk Cousins, just because a guy was really good one week doesn't mean he's going to be great the next week. Leonard Fournette, it's a week-to-week league. And I still feel like Drew Sample has got some upside there because, hey, you know what? Joe Burrow likes to throw to his tight ends. Doc, you want to pick through a couple names on that list? Um, I, I do agree about Jimmy Graham. I do. I think that Nick Foles' presence is going to change that entire offense. So I would even tell you that, like I said, Anthony Miller, Mooney, Graham, all bump up. I would think Cordero Patterson or Ryan Nall. Either one of those will have to become the backup to, to David Montgomery. David Montgomery is good. He's certainly not great. I'm going to go with some guys that I think people are going to pass on a little bit and they shouldn't. I'm going to look at T Higgins and Chase Claypool. I said to a friend of mine last week, and I believe this, I think T Higgins is a, is a league winner, right? If AJ Green is as bad as you think, or as AJ Green gets injured as he always does, I, I certainly want to roster T Higgins. I love Chase Claypool. I like James Washington, but I love Chase Claypool. So if Johnson's out for any length of time, I really like him. And I, and I think I go back to Jeff Wilson. I think Jeff Wilson, we, I said it last week. I'll, set it, I'll say it this week. And, and how about Jermichael Hasty, right? So if McKinnon's not there, Hasty is, is actually there. I might look that way as well. And Carlos Hyde, if there's any, any, any reason that, that um, Chris Carson's out for any length of time, uh, him, DJ Dallas, they all come and play because the, the Seattle Seahawks and the 49ers, for that matter, always run by committees. You know, I want, before we get get ready to get up out of here, we got so wrapped up talking about some of the things that went down yesterday and always good chatting with the boys, you know what I'm saying? But we do have the first marquee matchup of the year tonight, Monday Night Football. The Baltimore Ravens are a three-and-a-half-point home favorite, according to the DraftKings Sportsbook, against the Kansas City Chiefs. It gets ready to go down tonight. This could be a possible AFC championship game preview. Mike, how would you handicap this one going into it? Man, let's hope for a lot of points. There's a lot of us out there who need a big stat line from Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Lamar Jackson. Really interested to see what that Baltimore backfield looks like. Yes. Because it's been, t- I'm very interested to see if it's Mark Ingram uh, again, who who is the the top fantasy back. Uh, in that backfield last week he was, but guess Edwards was the guy who led and carries. That is going to be a confusing situation on a week-to-week basis, but in a big game, I really wonder if they lean on their veteran running back. That's going to be very interesting to see. I'm also interested to see if Clyde Edwards-Hilaire can bounce back from a modest performance in week two. It's going to be a lot of fun, though. Hopefully, there's going to be a lot of points scored in this contest. Doc, when you look at this game, um, you look at the, the, the Baltimore backfield, I think it's interesting. There was a groundswell about Hollywood Brown before the season started. Calvin really has stole that thunder. How <laughs> yeah. do you feel about Hollywood? And is, is Miko Hartman a guy you can start tonight? Yeah, well, look, Hollywood was never better than Calvin Ridley. I mean, Calvin Ridley was in a better offense. Marquise Brown is, is a good player, and I, I wanted him to do more. I, I picked him in a couple of leagues, but he just hasn't done it. I, I like Brown tonight. I do. I think he gets five catches or more. I like Mark Ingram tonight. I think when you play the Chiefs, you play Mark Ingram. When you play the Dolphins, you play J.K. Dobbins, right? You don't risk anything when you're in a big, prolific match like this. Uh, I think Hardman is is. Very interesting. I mean, if Sammy Watkins doesn't go, they're going to need a second receiver. Is it Demarcus Robinson? Is it Nicole Hardman? I like Hardman more as a player, and I think you have to beat the Ravens with your speed, right? You got Hill on one side, you got Hardman on the other, you got Kelsey over the middle. Now you have some options. So I, I think this is a very good game. 
Uh, this is this could be a precursor to the AFC Championship game, and uh, I can't wait for it. Yeah, definitely looking forward to it and definitely looking forward to catching up with you guys later on in the week as we get ready to preview and get ready for week three. I mean, excuse me, week four. Boy, I tell you, the season flies by once it starts. Flies by, man. Yep. Once we start yep. getting ready for week floor, Michael Fabiano starts sit to be out later on this week. SI.com, Dr. Roto's prescription notes, and Dr. Roto's waiver wire picks also coming out in a few short days on SI.com. Don't forget, SI Fantasy Plus is the way to go if you want to subscribe to that and win your league in 2020. We all doing real good right here on this side, so I think you need to get like us. For my guys, Michael Fabiano and Dr. Roto, I'm Corey Parson, the fantasy executive, and we are out.